Right? That's, that's a good prayer. Because it's just, you know, one of the things that, that is such a blessing as a pastor, and now I get to do it as a husband too, is just watch as God grows my wife. And I know that, I don't want to take it, but what did, Sarah, what did you think when we talked about this? It's okay. We'll pause everything. I threw you, I threw you under the bus here. So what did you think when, you, when we talked about buying this place? And like when we came and looked, I mean, you shared a few weeks ago that this is the biggest miracle. You just, but what did you think? Like being, just being honest, being. <coughs> I, uh, I felt like I was lacking in faith because Fred was, uh, he was like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just try to raise the, the 20% down, which is what they were wanting. And I was like, okay, buddy, you do that. <laughs> and my, uh, my, little, my little faith was like, you're on track. And it's such a beautiful thing. And so we got keys um, last Friday, right? Was it? No. This Monday. This past Monday. So we had to move stuff from the old church to this church. We're, uh, thank you, Mark, for taking care of the sidewalks for us. Couldn't have done it if I had to do it. Of course, the week my tractor died, where I could just groove up and down the sidewalks and be done in a minute, the tractor dies. So I left with a whole bunch of stuff and then working and all the things. It's like, I just want us to live life to, to look at what God is doing in the midst of everything. In the midst of this chaos going around the world, what is God doing right here in Portage? Like, look at this miracle that we are sitting in. Look at this gift, this blessing from God. And it is all God. Right? Right. And so we have a safe, warm, dry place to worship God. So I want to I wanna kind of dedicate this and just call this his house, right? Like it's Torn Ministries, but it, this is his house. Like this is where, this is God's house and we will build God's house first. So if you know anything about Torn Ministries, we focus on two things first and foremost, love God and love neighbor. We got no business doing anything else until we figure out how to love God. Amen. Right? And then you read through the Old Testament and how important it was to build a house for the Lord first. To build a house for the Lord and then you'll, you'll be blessed. And we're not doing it for the blessing, but it's a blessing to be a blessing and to worship and honor and praise God by doing this. And all this is obedience to him. So it's kind of like this whole different economic system that that we just don't quite grasp all the time, right? Like, how is it that we have this place? God's blessings only. And I need us all to remember that. Like, like no matter what, the most important things are always to remain, remain faithful to God, remain obedient. And so we've been, we've been lighting the Advent candle, and the first week was, what was the first week? hope, and then we went to the second week, which was faith, 
Okay. And then, and then we had this pink guy here, which was what? So when we started this thing, we had hoped that Torn Ministries would take off. You know, like it would catch ground and we'd actually be able to minister to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. That's a hope. Like God puts something in your heart and you hope beyond all hope that you hear him, that he's actually going to do it. Then you, then you take that step of faith and, and you plant a church and you don't do everything right. You screw things up left and right. You're whatever. You're just a, a hot mess. Right? And God just keeps blessing. And it's like, God, just teach me as I go. And, and we could take these lessons. What is God wanting to build in your life? What's he wanting to build in your life? What do you hope for? How are you going to walk that out in faith? Right? You can walk out in what you can see in the natural, or you can walk out what you don't see in the supernatural. That's faith. Things hoped for and not yet seen. Right? And I tell you what, how many of you are not joyful today? Right? Like, not just because it's Christmas, but, man, we're in his house. Yeah. We're in his house, the house that he bought, the house that he built so that we could worship because he loves you guys ridiculously. And in my heart, I feel such peace, such peace about the place that he brought us from, such peace in the place that we're at. It doesn't mean things are perfect, but I don't have to get shaken to my core. I don't have to get shaken to my core every time the ground shakes. I don't have to get beaten up. I don't have to. And when you, when you don't necessarily have a place to live, a place to call home, it's hard to have faith. It's hard to walk in any of that stuff. And so that's our mission, to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely, right? We're to bring hope and help them learn how to walk in faith so that they might experience joy and that they would have peace in their life. And that's the mission of Torn Ministries. That's the mission of Jesus Christ, right? Because today, today we light the Jesus candle. Today we, today we give ridiculous thanks. Today we give ridiculous thanks to God for sending his son, Jesus Christ, to bless us, to minister to each and every one of us. That the joy you're feeling in your heart is solely because Jesus is who Jesus is. Right? The word spoke about his coming for so long, and today we have hope, we have faith, we have joy, we have peace, and we have Jesus. Amen. 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 And so the Advent candle is complete today. Now, here, there's a caveat to that. Because with Jesus doing everything that he said he would do, we get to do everything that he's called us to do. And what a blessing that is. And surely you can look at the story of Jesus throughout his life and you can see everything that he did. I mean, he... Old boy was run through the ringer, amen? amen. Right, and his, his disciples after that and 2,000 years of people. But we can't be a people who cower back. For we have to put on the armor of God and walk in uprightness and righteousness and charge the enemy. Stop him back to where he came from, amen? amen. And we have the power, we have the authority, we have all the weaponry to go forward. 
So that's our call because that's complete. Hope for nothing, faith in nothing, joy about nothing, and no peace is not Christ. Without these, you snuff out that. So what is it? What's going on in your world? What's going on in your world that's taking you away from the peace of the Lord? We all have problems. Anybody in here without problems? I'm the only one? Yes. Yeah, you can call me PPF. Perfect Pastor Fred. Yeah. And I'm not perfect, but I'll tell you this. I am Pastor Fred, but I will tell you this, that I have a joy in my heart that, that sometimes the fog and the haze and the stuff of the day can kind of take that away, and it's hard to see the light. But today, today we charge our batteries knowing that Jesus Christ came. Amen? Amen. So this is the day that the stars finally aligned. How many prophetic words were spoken in the Old Testament about this guy Jesus coming? This Lord, this King, this Prince of Peace. And here he is. He's born to common folk. How many of you guys are born from common folk? See, because I think we have to learn to put ourselves in the Bible even deeper and understand what Jesus is doing so that we stop negating what God is doing in us. Because some of us feel that because where we came from and what we've been doing and how we've lived our lives stops us from being any good to the kingdom of God. And that's just straight up a lie from hell. And that's why the word became flesh. But not like a king would be brought. His parents weren't royalty. They didn't sit high upon a throne up on the hill looking down their nose at everyone. He was a carpenter and she was a virgin girl. But this is the day the stars aligned. This is the day that it all came to be. This is the day the one who spoke them to be joined you and me. Think about what that means. That all the talk, all the talk and all the things, all the words you were written all the scuttlebutt came to a head and Jesus came to join us. How valuable would you have to be to do that? Anybody ever have a sick relative in a different state and you went to go visit them or you sent somebody off to them or you the least even thought about it? Right? Like, just that's just a little, it's like Six-hour drive, 10-hour drive, 18-hour drive. We're not talking from heaven to earth. Heaven to earth. He sent his son from heaven to earth. From the throne room of God to earth, to walk around like you and I. 
There's a reason for it. Because he loved you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto who? You. The good and perfect gift, the spotless lamb, was born on this day for you. A gift from God Almighty, a gift to always remind you that his love is what it has been from the beginning, pure and perfect. That no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're doing, his son was sent for you. Amen? Amen. And we can't walk without that blessing and understanding the blessing. So we say amen. 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 I'm in full agreement with what God did. I'm in full agreement with his love. Full agreement. And I shout amen. Amen and hallelujah. God, I'm down with whatever you're doing. Like this is beyond anything that I could think, dream, or imagine. And yet here he is. So let's pray and we'll get started. All right, so Father, we love you and we thank you. Father, we thank you for this day, this Christmas day, this beautiful, beautiful day that you created, you made. Lord, we ask for your blessing in it. We ask for your word to go forth that it would not, that it would not just hit and bounce off of us, but that it would fill our hearts, that it would inspire us to live life. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For to us a child is born, to us a son given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9.6. This is before Jesus came. This is telling the story that's to come. He's the Prince of Peace. The Everlasting Father is the Wonderful Counselor. How can they make those claims in a world that's so jacked up? Right? Because how many of y'all need a good counselor? Now be honest. Right? Like, so, whoo Like, there's days, there's days. Whoo. Like, I, I'm wondering about myself. It's like, so like, all right, pastor. And that's the worst part. When you put pastor in front of your name, you know that you're supposed to be an example. It's like, if I'm this tore up, man, those guys are all jacked. Like, holy cow. But the reality of it is that we all have our issues, and I'm no better than any one of you. 9-6. But I'm no better than any of you. I rely heavily on God. If not God, then I am nothing. I have nothing and I have no need to stand up here and run my mouth. But I need a counselor. How many of you have developed that prayer life? And certainly Jesus Christ is calling you to develop that prayer life where you can take your thoughts, 
You could take your thoughts to him, but it takes some training. It takes some time to be able to trust in him. It's like, God, I've come to you 150,000 times and nothing. I guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee you that nobody has, but very few, if any, of us have gone to God 150,000 times. Maybe a lot. How many is too many? The word tells us to pray without ceasing. Well, what happens when I when I pray and I'm just and I don't take time to listen to what he's saying. I don't take time to notice the things that he's waging on my heart. I put my faith and my trust in man who's going to disappoint me. How many times have your friends actually been there for you? Like, holy cow, like, man, that's my, like, every time. If we have, if we have a couple of those friends in our lifetime, we are so blessed. But we have a God who is better than any friend could ever be, any man could ever be. He's perfect. He's absolutely amazing. Today he gave us his son to change us, that we could receive this gift to change the way that we think, act, feel, the way that we do the things that we do. But sometimes we get so wrapped up in the world we forget what's going on. And Jesus is calling us because he's the Prince of Peace. If you were back in the day, where would you go for, for horseshoes? You'd go to the blacksmith, right? If, if your back is sore and, and you need a massage, where do you go? To the masseuse. If you need groceries, you go to the... If you need peace, you go to the... To the Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen. 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 God is absolutely incredible. Jesus Christ is absolutely the perfect gift. The perfect gift. We are blessed to receive this building today in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But even this gift fails in comparison to the love of Jesus Christ. Fails to compare, like, look around, see the beautiful windows. And it falls so short of the goodness of God, it's ridiculous. Can you imagine that? Like, what is the greatest gift you think you could ever get? And no, don't just give me the Sunday school answer. I don't want to hear it. I want you to look inside yourself and I want you to be honest. And there's things that we want and there's things that we wish we had. But yet when we started with God, we get to see and know and trust and believe what Jesus is telling us. That he is the perfect one and from him every good and perfect gift comes from. So when we worship the perfect gift giver and we're in love with him and not just to receive but to bless, to be blessed, we receive. Again, back to that weird 
economic system that's called God. It's called the kingdom of God and his, his economic system. Amen? Amen. John 1, 9 and 14, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. How beautiful. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why is that important? Why would that be important to us? Without the fulfillment of prophecy, it's just words. So Jesus, the prophecies of Jesus had to come true. They had to. Otherwise, it's just words. And how many of you guys have heard enough words in your lifetime? Right? Yeah. And it's time, it's time that we actually start living as though Christ did what he did, that it's the truth. That you're no longer the train wreck that your behaviors emulate. But you are blessed and you're a blessing. That you're a gift and God sent his son to make sure that you knew. Like, hey, look, it's true. Right? And that, what a blessing that is. Full of grace and truth. John 1, 16 and 17 says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. How many of you guys struggle with the laws of the land right now the way they are? Right? Like sometimes the things they tell us to do are just stupid. Like that old country road or... Tell me how, how great that Highway 16 would be at about 190 miles an hour. Like that thing is just straight as an arrow. Man, I want to drop the pedal to the floor and let her rip. Right? Like just, whoo, seriously. Yeah, I want to get there fast. <laughs> she knows. She knows I ain't playing. It's like one of those little swinging doors where they whoop right back. None of us can fulfill the law. Nobody could for 4,000 years. They couldn't do what the law was sent to do. Here comes Jesus to do what no man could do, to do what no law could do. He's full of grace. That means that you don't have to be perfect, you're forgiven. But you're going to hear some truths along the way. Right? Like, how many of you guys are stuck thinking that you're stupid because you constantly or consistently or frequently do stupid behaviors? Right? Like, marriage will teach you, Fred, shut up. Shut up. Can't do it all the time. Matter of fact, I'm hoping to get to the sometimes part. <laughs> Let's be truthful. <laughs> But if I learn to focus on Jesus Christ, I learn to become a better man to myself. And sometimes I got to eat some pie because, because I didn't listen again, right? 
but there's that grace. And so we learn to walk with grace towards one another, but just as, if not more importantly, we learn to walk with grace for ourselves. Not saying that being a moron is okay, right? Like, oh crap, I just keep doing this and say, okay, I'm just gonna keep doing that, I'm good, I'm forgiven. That's greasy grace. But we have grace that says, you know what, when I catch it, when I'm convicted of my sin, when I'm convicted of the things that I didn't do right, I can change that and I work on it with God's help, amen? amen? So I'm entering into the process. So the Advent candle, the Advent wreath is complete. Jesus did his part. We get to do our part. What are we going to do? We got a mission field right here in Portage, Wisconsin. Amen. To love the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. Amen? Amen. We got to walk with grace and truth. And that means sometimes the pastor Fred's going to call you out on your stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. But guess what? That means that sometimes you're going to have a conversation with me when I let you down. Right? But when we walk with grace, it's not, it's not telling somebody that they're less than. It's learning how to have conversations. It's like, I believe in you. I believe in you to be better than this. Or finding out, is this your best? Right? How many of you are in a relationship to know exactly what the best is for everybody that you look around and see? Did you know that every one of us is capable of something different? That because you have expectations for your own behavior, you can't put them on somebody else? Amen. You have to figure out what they're capable of doing before you jack them up and hold them up to that? You're holding them hostage. You're stomping on their head and keeping them down because they should just know better. What are you, an idiot? No, but I've never been taught that before. Oh, shut up. For real? For real. Really? Really. What do you do with that information? Like, your parents didn't teach you that? Uh-uh. What? Give me your parents' name and number. What's your address? I'm coming over. We're having dinner. We're going to have a talk. It's time to have a powwow. Yeah. I know your mama. I know your mama. I know your mama. Not yours, but I do know your daughter's mama. Right? So no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So what is that telling us? What is that verse telling us right there, John 1.18? What is it telling us? What do you read into that? What do you read? What do you see in that verse? Right? Okay, but here's some really important stuff is to understand because we start getting wrapped up around the deity and nobody understands God had three in one. They don't, they don't understand. They have a hard time putting Jesus Christ and God together. But what is he saying here? No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. No one's ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. Jesus. Jesus. Doesn't it tell us he has made him known? Yep. Made who known? Jesus. The only God. God. Yep. See how that? You got to catch that. You got to catch these beautiful words. And so now when we receive the Advent wreath, what do we receive? We receive Christ, 
but we receive God incarnate in the form and shape of man, fully God, fully man, we receive this day him in his fullness. How beautiful is that? Like we, <laughs> like y'all, we got to start, start recognizing some stuff because our lack of willingness to study and read the word of God stops us and leaves us, pardon me for the phrase, but ignorant. And that's just not good. I thought I felt something cold. Yeah, my mom's been freezing. Yeah, it's like 170 degrees in here, but somebody turned the ceiling fan on. Susan, yes, I'm not saying that I don't pay attention to you, but I didn't even notice you had your mittens on. I saw, <laughs> I saw Henry bring the jacket over, but you're a girl, and sometimes Excellent. girls can be a little overdramatic. It's like, well, bless, bless your heart. Isn't that cute? But she's, she's locked up like this going, that's 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 real that's real bad. Can we go now? go. Sorry, Susan. You'll warm up in a minute. Move around a little bit. <laughs> go, go sit by the fire. <laughs> but we really got to get to this place. Like, there's no sense receiving a gift if you're not going to receive the gift. Right? Can we do it? Can we receive the gift? The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said... Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. Are you in the world? What is your sin that is unforgivable? What's it say? Can you see the long list... Between, well, can you see a long list of sins up there? <coughs> Pornography, alcoholism, drug addiction, lying, cheating, stealing. Can you see it? You guys have to see that. Don't tell me I'm the only one. <laughs> Due to my extensive theological training, am I the only one who sees that? I don't see it either. And that's the point. You shouldn't see it either. Romans 1 will give you a list of sins. Oh, yeah. Of which we fall in there. Well, which ones aren't forgiven? Here's the list of the unforgivables. There's only one that's unforgivable, and that's what? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And we can, we can work that out. But I need you guys to understand what you're receiving today, what this gift is about today. Because some of you are locked up. Some of you know people who are locked up. They're locked up in their hearts and they're locked up in their heads and they only live to the extent by which they're willing to forgive themselves. Right? And so we stop learning, we stop understanding, we create that ceiling that I've talked about before. We're not going to rise above the ceiling. We keep hitting our heads and wondering why. It's because you're not receiving what God is giving. Amen? You're feeling unworthy, you're feeling whatever, but if we read that, 
that last verse, what's it telling us? So Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before his shears. So he did not open his mouth. What did Jesus say to the Romans upon the cross at his death? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Does that sound like, hey, God, hey, Pa, come and get these dirty buggers. You see what they're doing to me, Dad? This is fraud. The message of Jesus Christ started at his birth. The spotless lamb was given to us to pay for the sins of the world. He taught us how to do this. He taught us how to live life. Because of Jesus, we're called to be Johns. And if you remember John, John was Jesus' cousin, and he was sent to go tell the world about Jesus Christ, to make straight the path so the people would start to come to an understanding that the people that are screaming and preaching all this stuff, they're not the ones to follow. But wait, the one who I am unworthy to even untie his sandals is coming. We, we, you and I, are to be that same mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. We're to take the gift of Jesus Christ, to take what he did, to be born a man of a virgin, to come and save us from our sins. How many people know people locked up in it? Locked up in their stuff that never feel like they're ever going to be enough or good enough. So why would I do it? And how many times have they been confirmed of their suspicions? Until you hear the message, the truth and the love filled with grace, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're going to keep hearing a, a dead message. But we're called to go out and preach the gospel. You got your gift. How many of the gifts that you got for Christmas are you going to use? All of them at some point? Probably. Probably, or do you think your folks just bought you a... Oh, yeah, your mom's here. I'll ask somebody else. <laughs> out of the gifts we receive every Christmas, every birthday, every holiday... How many of the gifts are we going to use? So why would we not use this gift? Why would we not use the gift of Jesus Christ to share to a fallen and broken world? Why would we not use the gift of forgiveness to teach and reach the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely? Why would we not use this gift to focus our love on God and our neighbor? Why would we not do that? Absolutely. And even if we do, even if we do, we choose to set that gift aside and we choose to play with our cars, with our houses, with our monitor saws, with, with this, with that, with the other thing, you know, with the new air fryer, the, the whatever it is that you got. 
Like, I'm going to play with that one beforehand. How many of you guys give thanks to God every time you put a bite in your face? Every time. Like, run, run into the fridge, grab a piece of string cheese, and just start eating, right? Like, I'm quick, man. I'm going to the cupboard, grab me some chips, whomp, 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 throw them in my face, and run out the door. And how many of us are saying thanks? How many of us are saying thanks every day when we wake up and put a leg in this, one of our legs in this pant leg, one of our legs in this one, and we're genuinely thankful? Can we start with that? Because that's loving God, right? To recognize... So I try and practice as best I can every day before, when that alarm clock goes off and it's too dang early, I praise God and I give him thanks. I pray for my wife every single day. I lay there and I pray and I give God thanks and give God the glory. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm saying that I'm trying to develop practices in my life to not take the gift of Jesus Christ for granted. Amen? Amen. And we all get to do that. Because if I don't practice it, how am I going to give it away? Because of Jesus, we get to receive the gift and give it away. The true gift is to share this life we have received. Amen? Amen. Like, if it's a gift, if it's a gift to give, then why aren't we giving? And each and every one of us are going to figure it out because each and every one of us are different. It can be fear. It can be lack of knowledge. But if you don't have a Bible, let me know. I will get you one. Period. We're in America. There's no reason. There's no reason for us not to know the gift of Christ. There's no reason for us to not know the word. There's no reason for us to not know. None. But yet, here we are. So it's not a call to guilt or shame. It's a call to receive your blessing. Because it feels good to give it away. It feels absolutely incredible to give the greatest gift ever given. And to give it away and know you're never going to run out. If every time you opened up your wallet and you had a $100 bill and you gave it away, boom, there was another one. And you gave it away and boom, there was another one. Boom, there was another one. Boom, I don't have a $100 bill. Mark, can I borrow your wallet? Your wife wants me to show her something. <laughs> so, so we'll get you three. But if every time you went to the well, it was filled with blessing, and you never ran out, wouldn't you give it away? Or would you just hoard it? Say, I'm keeping this $100. If you could give away blessing and love and grace and peace and joy to everyone that came your way and you never ran out, wouldn't you want to give that away? Right? Like, what are we doing, folks? You're not going to run out, so why are we hoarding it? Each and every one of us has got to figure it out for ourselves, what God is calling you to and how he's calling you to do it. And that's a beautiful thing. We get to enjoy this gift. So Kim and Sarah, oh, we don't have another song. We're done. Or do we? Oh, okay, excellent. We have another song.
But do you want to? Uh, so as we as we um, take Christ and we take this gift of Jesus. Can we all begin to think about what we're going to do with that gift? Oh, we probably have to have a password or something. Now. Go to enter, enter while I close. So think about what you're going to do with this gift. God has given us his son. He's given us this building. How are we going to use it? How are we going to make a difference in Portage? How are we going to make a difference in our homes, in our schools, in our jobs? How are we going to do it? God did his part. He's given us this Holy Spirit to walk with us and empower us and encourage us to do it. That we would never have run out of strength to do what he's calling us to do. I know, honey. It's okay. Oh, no. Sure. It's okay, well, baby. And it's now it works. Grace, we're practicing it today. Jesus. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Praise Jesus. <laughs> so, um, I guess we got some challenges ahead of us. Jesus didn't die on a cross so we could be dead in our church. Amen to that. This is a church, not a funeral parlor. That's right. Right? What do y'all say we start living? Yeah. You want to live? Yeah. You want to live? You want to rise up to the challenge? Yeah. Yeah. You want to kick Satan straight back to hell where he came from? He's already there. He's there. He, he can't even touch these walls. He can't. But he's going to try. Too much power in he's going to try. He's going to send broken people. Are you ready to deal with broken people? They tore up from the floor up, and they're going to walk in here stanking, looking like death warmed over, fresh off the pipe, fresh off the needle. Are you ready to love them? Amen. We got to be ready. That's what God called us to do. We can paint this place as pretty as you want to. We can put as much lipstick on this old pig as you want. It is what it is, right? Call it, call it what it is, but as long as we call it what, what we want it to be and not what God wants it to be, as long as we think of this place as ours and not his house, we're going to be jacked up. We're going to be tore up. We're going to be on the other side of all the things that he's calling us to. So we got to get from Jump Street, we got to get our hearts and our heads in alignment with the mission of God. Amen. We got to put him first and foremost, front and center in everything that we do. So when you look at me and you go, Pastor, why aren't we doing this? I'll say, because God didn't tell us to. That's good work to do, and we'll do it one day. But right now, God's calling us to this. 
We'll build to that. We'll grow to that if God calls us to it. Not every great idea that you have is going to be run and done today. Amen? Amen. Can you imagine that? I've told you guys about being tore up and, and broken at uh, seminary and wondering what part of me needs to die. And God said to me, Fred, what if you're the man that I need you to be for the people that I will send you to? So don't be so hard on yourself. Enjoy the grace of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Certainly his birth. Enjoy that. And it's for you. Get out of your own way. Give yourself some grace. And let God minister through you. Amen? Amen. And if I can say anything, I just want to tell you guys that I love you guys, each and every one of you. And I am so proud of you. When I look around this place, I am absolutely humbled, humbled that our little dump came to this because you followed with your heart, God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, for there's no other way than through him. Amen. Amen. Should we sing the last worship song and get on with our beautiful Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Amen.